This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, before we go any further, it's congratulations time. First of all, congratulations to Jill Watson and the rest of the SUSFEST team for bringing us this year's Sustainability Festival in the hardest of circumstances. When they set out on their quest to organise this year's festival, they didn't even know if it could go ahead. But in spite of all the uncertainty, they've delivered a fabulous two weeks of inspirational sustainability-themed events. So a big... Round of applause for them. Um, secondly, the Vare Valley Society have been awarded the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service for all the work that they have done over the years to help our precious chalk stream, the River Vare. So from dragging litter out of the water to counting mayfly numbers to monitor pollution to negotiating with water authorities to reduce abstraction to raising the profile of chalk stream with, well, the public and our politicians, a big thank you and a big round of applause for your award. Now, last week was National Trustees Week. Uh, I've spoken to some wonderful trustees here on Environment Matters. People like Joe Gray, the passionate ecologist who's a trustee at the Highfield Park Trust, Catherine Ross, who's a trustee for Sustainable St Albans, and Nina Vintha. At 23 years old, Nina is one of only 3% of trustees who are under the age of 30. Nina joined me earlier to talk about her experiences so far as a trustee and to explain why she thinks that it's important for the planet that more young people step forward to be trustees too. I started by asking Nina what made her think about becoming a trustee. So I first heard about young trusteeship during a getting on board online webinar. They're actually a charity themselves and they encourage young people to do just that, to to get on boards. And I also was inspired by looking around the resources from the young trustees movement who said that less than 3% of charity trustees are under 30. So my experience of charity has always been taking lots of practical action to make positive differences, um, but mostly in informal and um, kind of functional ways. And then notably in a slightly more formal setting, I was a member of the Trinity College Responsible Investment Society and then also put together a paper on um, sustainable travel for the newly established climate change working group at my college at university. So that's Trinity College. And through that, I kind of realised that actually the way I engage in making a positive impact might in the future be more to do with strategy and kind of engaging lots of stakeholders and that young people actually have really valuable lived experience and a kind of a moral black and whiteness that could be quite useful to these organisations that tend to be a lot older and not necessarily representative of the communities they're serving. So, as you say, you went to university in Cambridge, very happily for us. You're back based in the district at the moment. And so you've chosen to be a trustee at Earthworks. Why did you choose Earthworks? When I decided that, oh, trusteeship looks quite a cool thing to do and a way that I could kind of... Giving back sounds like a cliche because I, I haven't actually been involved in Earthworks in any way before, but it was a way that I could develop my own 
more formal charitable interest, I guess. And I think with lockdown, a lot of people turn to nature for their well-being and mental health. Um, So COVID is a zoonotic disease. And then scientists say these arise when humans encroach on precisely that nature, um, destructively into natural environments. And so I kind of saw all these inequalities, both globally and locally, increasing. And then I realised that actually environmental issues were inseparable from human health and exclusion issues and that the correlation between social justice and environmental justice wasn't being acknowledged as much as it should. And so in a classic kind of millennial way, wanting to kill as many birds with one stone as possible, I saw that Earthworks was such an amazing place because it had sustainability at its heart, but also a really clear social purpose. What Earthworks does, their mission is to support adults, the earth workers with learning disabilities, to learn horticultural skills and to work together in a nurturing community setting as an adult day learning opportunity. And it just feels like such a safe, beautiful space. They had some videos on their website. I kind of looked around and got in touch. And then after a couple of months, of observing the board meetings I was really delighted that they said yeah you can come along and then the formal process of registering on the charity commission page went through and I'm just really excited to be involved in conversations for a charity that really looks towards what a sustainable inclusive future and present looks like. But how have you found it being a trustee has it been rewarding for you so far? Yeah, so it wasn't only the um, the earth workers that were kept away from the site with COVID. It was also the trustees who would usually do some volunteering or at least kind of show their faces at the site. So it's been strange and challenging in that way. So all my experience of charity, as I said, has been very much kind of hands on and seeing what I can get involved with. And so having to be in a boardroom was a bit strange and working out kind of what the strategic responsibilities and priorities were has been a completely different learning experience and working out what sort of empathy I need to have in terms of change and and what the staff need. As with anything, you're you're getting into contact with different people from different walks of life and that's probably been the most valuable thing. So you sort of talk about what it's like, you say, in that boardroom. Do you feel that you're taken seriously in spite of your age? I imagine for some young people that might be a big fear that actually they they won't be seen as as a serious voice. Yes, I think it is tricky and I occasionally do feel a bit fraudulent. But I do think now more than ever, what with climate and COVID, we just have to empower young people to be change makers and also to have a direct channel to talk to change makers in terms of trusted messengers and people who have real power and influence. And that young people aren't just our future or, you know, the people we really care about and want to protect or the leaders of tomorrow. We have energy and talent and kind of fledgling experience and ideas to make a positive difference right now. So I think that's why it's important to take people seriously. Yes. I I suppose another of the difficulties is the sort of the way in for younger trustees. So often you see the adverts and there's specific experiences required looking for somebody with experience, finance, marketing, something like that. And as a younger person, it's a lot harder to tick those boxes. I think think that's about how we advertise positions for young trustees. And there are organisations looking at this more. So using more accessible language, like what your interests are or what your values are, because values, there are some kind of universal values. And so long as the young person shares those with the organisation, they'll probably be 
a good fit. And I think also when young people take part in strategic and decision making and in kind of high quality and really thoughtful social action, it's not just them that benefits. I think the board ought to understand that they will really benefit as well if if they can can kind of hold it because they'll benefit from from what I've said the the young person's energy their ideas and and their real desire to create positive change and then there's also the fact that there's a different perspective being brought to the table and you'd hope that then the whole board shifts their way of thinking and and it opens up new ways of of working as well so maybe more google docs online i've helped earthworks a bit in terms of using google docs but also i think un- uncomfortable conversations always expose weaknesses and make everyone more resilient and also the whole community benefits because young people feel valued and engaged and involved so that could in the kind of real impact terms boost social cohesion and integration we're constantly talking about intergenerational kind of divides but I think that both ends of the spectrum have lots to learn from each other and also young people develop their character and their confidence there's somebody there they're perhaps on a board of trustees and they're thinking okay this sounds like a good idea I can kind of see that we need more diversity and younger people would be a good way to start this how do they start recruiting some younger trustees So I think my first recommendation would be to take a look around the Young Trustees Movement website. And they are doing, I think, monthly training. So about an hour's webinar led by a young trustee talking through the why and the how. And I think also just not being afraid to make mistakes and to just get started. The organisations that are most successful in terms of engaging young people, they kind of had to start somewhere. But I think if I was to give a few pointers as well for, for as this process unfolds, case studies illustrating the impact of young volunteers, you know, before they get to the strategic positions, having having your own young ambassador program, working out, having conversations internally about how you make it meaningful so then you can retain the young people that they don't feel it's it's tokenistic and that you don't feel it's tokenistic, recognising the impact of young people maybe on a, a more extended local level. So collaborating with other charities and see if they've got any ideas for best practice. You could also do takeovers on your social media and communication and be really vocal there because that is a space where young people are are quite active and proactive. Yeah, and just not being afraid to try it out. Yeah, well, just being brave really, isn't it? Just yeah, uh, being, being willing to yeah, take Yeah, and plunge. you make it easier for every other organisation if you're willing to kind of to take the plunge. Indeed. We're here on environment matters. Do you think that having more young trustees, perhaps, as you say, with their different world perspective, might help to move sustainability up the agenda for different organisations? Yeah, well, I think young people are setting the agenda in the environmental space now, or at least they're setting the urgency of the agenda through grassroots environmental activism, school climate strikes, campaign groups. Obviously, a lot of that has been put on hold with COVID, but a lot of young people are going online. And actually, when I've been in the online environmental space, I've spoken to people from all around the world, and it's actually incredible. And so, yeah, with this tone shifting to one of urgency over the last few years, I mean, we've been talking about environment for quite scary probably decades and decades but really now it feels like it's reaching crunch point and with covid we're at a point where we can really make important choices 
And many of all the organisations in the third sector, so in the charity sector, are looking at how their mission and their impact and their beneficiaries will be affected or are being affected right now by climate change. And so how they in, within their own organisation and their own operations can be part of a positive narrative of change. So Nina, do you have any advice for other young people who perhaps have um, heard what you've said, they've been inspired hearing about your experience and they're interested to give it a try themselves? Yes. Um, So I think first and foremost, passion is so important. And I think it's really important to play to your strengths and to consider how your skills might complement those of of the charity that you're kind of passionate about and whose work really resonates with you. Um, So perhaps drawing up a list of organisations locally or kind of more nationally that you admire um, and think about what you might be able to offer them, what unique perspective or what different skills. And then crucially, follow them on social media, on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, if you have that, because they'll often post opportunities there as they come up. Um, also, the Young Trustees movement often posts openings from charities looking for youth advisory panels or for young trustees. So that's really worth following as well. Also to mention that you must be at least 18 years old to be a proper charity trustee or 16 if it's a company or a charitable incorporated organisation. So it's worth checking whether you kind of fit that basic criteria. But they may have youth advisory panels, the charity that you're interested in for, for people who are a bit younger. And that might be a really good stepping stone into full trusteeship because you start to get an idea of how the charity works and how governance works as well. And once you've kind of flagged those things and you've been following the long, along and maybe getting to know the charity, maybe you've already had experience volunteering with them or or have friends or family who know them. Try and be really bold and proactive and send messages and send emails out to lots of people because those conversations are really important and people might be really willing to help and point you in the direction of other things that you could read up on or, or other charities that might interest you and maybe have a little look on the small charities coalition website and on the charity commission just to get a sense of what it's all about and whether it's something that you feel comfortable diving into and yeah just believe in yourself because I'm sure the charities will be surprised and thrilled that you've been in touch. That sounds like great advice Nina thank you very much indeed. I was talking there to Nina Vinther, a young trustee at the local charity Earthworks. And Nina had lots of useful sources of information there. And just in case you didn't catch them all, I've made a note of them and popped them into the notes that accompany the podcast of this show that you'll find on the podcast page of RadioVerilum.com. And if you agree that what Nina was saying is important and more young people should be involved in the decisions made by charities and similar bodies, then perhaps share this with young people that you know. And if you haven't seen it yet, head to the Earthworks website to see their slow video. It's a mindful, calming and really beautiful way to experience their wonderful organic garden at any time and from any place. Well worth a watch. 
Now, the Sustainability Festival might be over, but there's still lots of local events to look forward to. Sustainable St Albans Open Food Gardens programme is up and running again. It's an annual programme of local gardens open to visitors during the summer months. Programme is run by residents who are passionate about growing food and there's inspiration, tips, advice and sometimes even some seedlings on offer. The programme's been running since 2009 and has seen hundreds of visitors to the gardens, allotments and community growing projects. And you can find all the details of all the gardens that will be open this summer on the Sustainable St Albans website. And the next one is at 40 Falconers Field, Harpenden, on the 13th of June between 2 and 4. And whilst you're at the Sustainable St Albans website, you can check out the dates for sessions at which you can find out how to close your road or street um, up to eight times a year year for play and community building with the Playing Out St Albans District Project. It's a great scheme and one that a number of St Albans streets already enjoy. Perfect for for putting some faces to names from the street WhatsApp group that you formed during lockdown. Now, if you'd like to find out about Luton Airport's expansion plans, what this might mean for the local environment and how you can respond to their consultation, then St Albans Friends of the Earth are hosting an online meeting with guest speaker Councillor John Hale, chair of the campaign group St Albans Quieter Skies. And that's on the 15th of June at 8 o'clock. And you can find details on the St Albans Friends of the Earth website, St Albans FOE. Do get in touch. Always good to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at RV underscore environment. You can go to the Environment Matters Facebook page or you can drop me a line on amanda at radioverulam.com. I'll be back at the same time next week. Until then, thank you for listening.